As we go verse by verse through the Word of God, we've come to Colossians 3.15, and it's a, it's a verse about thankfulness. And I don't think that is a coincidence at all. And uh, matter of fact, we run into that, that word twice. And so I think the Lord have us to think on these three verses tonight, Colossians chapter 3. He says in verse number 15, And let the peace of God... Rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Now, when we look at these verses and take them apart a little bit, we start in verse 15. It tells us to let the peace of God. It tells us also in verse 16 to let the Word of Christ in other words, there's a lot of things that aren't true in our lives because we're not letting God do what He wants to do. We're in opposition. Look, look what it says. Let the peace of God rule. Rule in your hearts. That's something you've got to allow. So could we say that people do not have peace in their hearts because they've not allowed the peace to rule. Is that what it says? It doesn't say go through life to find all the things that you think will give you peace. It didn't say that. It says let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Now here's the problem. Most people want peace, but they don't want the peace of God. And all other peace is fake. It's not real. What we need is the peace of God to rule. That means it's in control. Most people are out of control. And the Bible says peace needs to be on the throne. Peace needs to rule in your heart. But that won't happen unless you let that happen. It seems to me that Peace ruling in your heart is just something you allow to happen. It's not something you strive for or work for. It's something you allow God to have place in your heart. Let, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. Is that right? He is the King of Peace. But we have to let him rule in our hearts for us to have peace. Jesus said in John 14, 27, peace I leave you. Not, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. He says, I'm giving you a peace you can't find anywhere else. You, you can't find it in relationships. You can't find it in successes. You can't find it in things. You can't find it. In a bottle, you can't find it in a pill, you can't even find it in your own family. Peace is wrapped up in a person. It's in Jesus Christ. And we have to let 
And, and the reason people don't have peace is because they've not let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Now, look at this verse again, verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you're called and be ye thankful. There is something connected with peace and thankfulness. Do you see it in the verse? In other words, if the peace of God is not ruling in my heart, I'm probably not going to be very thankful. If I've got the peace of God in my heart, it's so much easier to be thankful. But if I'm in turmoil, who is thankful in the midst of turmoil? Who is thankful in the midst of misery? So there's something indelibly connected with peace and thankfulness. And that's why we said even Sunday that a lot of our gatherings, even as people gather this week, they're, they're fake and, and, and they're not real because there is so much strife and there's so much bitterness and there's so much uh, chaos and hatred and anger and other things in people's hearts that they can't truly be thankful because it takes the peace of God in your heart to be thankful. And God says, just, just let that happen. Let that happen. Now, you know, we, we get on to the charismatics just for opening themselves up. And, but you know what? That's exactly what you need to do with peace. You need to open up your heart to let God's peace just rule in your heart. Instead of um, your emotions or your dissatisfactions or your thoughts or opinions to rule in your heart, just let the peace of God rule in your heart. Isaiah chapter 26, would you look at that? Because, guys, if we're going to be thankful this year and every, every year and every day, if we're really going to have a thankful heart, we've got to be at peace. It is easy to be thankful when peace of God's ruling in your heart. If everybody's fighting at, home, at the house, they're not going to be thankfulness in the house. Lord, thank you for all these people I fight with. That that, that doesn't work that way, does it? Thank you, Lord, for the church full of people that I'm so mad at. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, you're such a wonderful God, but I can't stand the life you've let me have. That, That doesn't work. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts and be thankful. Isaiah chapter 26, the Bible, you know the verse, but we, we read it. And read, I, I, sometimes I don't think we even believe the Bible. But this is in the Bible. And it's something you just let happen. You don't work for it. You don't strive for it. You don't have to. You know, there, there's some things that we do in service to God. You know, we, we try to be a witness. We, we, prayer is a lot of work, right? Reading your Bible, that's a little bit of work. There are things in the Christian life that are work. But the peace of God in your heart is, is not something you work at. You just let it, let it take charge of you. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Isaiah 26.3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. This is what God does. Not what what you do. This is what God does. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. I really believe 
If a person does not have the peace of God really in, in their hearts, they're either not saved or their mind is not stayed on the Lord or they're not trusting in the Lord. Because peace is not dictated by what's going on in our lives. It's not. It's something we let God rule in our hearts. Perfect peace. So maybe this Thanksgiving season, if I want to be more thankful, and you know, thankfulness and giving thanks will do wonders for our relationship with God, our fellowship with God, our closeness with God. The reason many times that our our relationship with the Lord is not very close is because we are not engaged in thankfulness with Him, and so He becomes more distant to our hearts, and to our lives. And so if thankfulness is such a key in the Christian life, I'm telling you, it, it may be one of the greatest keys in your Christian life. A thankful heart, the peace of God ruling in your heart and making you thankful will get you through things that nothing else will get you through. But when you think you've got the short end of the stick and you're not thankful for your life and you're not... Guys, I really think... You know, Americans are the most blessed people on the face of the earth. We, we are. If anybody could stand up and thank God all night for stuff, it's us. I mean, we've got refrigerators and air conditioners and heaters and heated seats in our cars. and We go to the store and our decision, do I buy chicken or do I buy beef or do I buy turkey or do I have ham or... And you don't need to feel guilty about that. That's, that's just a blessing. of Really, it's the blessing of, of our forefathers that did enough right for God to bless what, we're, what they were doing. But we have so much to be thankful for. And yet, I think Americans may be the least thankful people on the planet. And I think it has something to do with they don't have peace in their heart. Peace produces thankfulness. Those people up there on the top of that jungle in New Guinea, what made them kill all their roosters and feed us, they were thankful we were there. And they were thankful we were there, and you could see in their lives that they had peace in their lives. They weren't complaining of the fact they only had six roosters in the village. They weren't complaining about the fact that they had no grocery stores and no running water. They weren't, their, their women were not complaining that they had to go down to the river to wash their clothes. They were at peace. They were at peace with the life God had gave them to live. And they were glad that they knew Papa God. They were just... And so their thankfulness... The peace that was in their life produced thankful hearts. I felt bad. I said, man, don't, don't kill all the... They killed every stinking rooster in that village to feed the greasy, fat Americans. Every one of them. And the food was awful. <laughs> and here I got... Here I got guys with long faces and the more they chew, the bigger their mouth gets. <laughs> and they're hating the food. And here are these people, you know, half their teeth are out and they're just so happy. 
You know where our thankfulness can sprout from? It can sprout from peace in our heart. We're not fighting God. We're not fighting with God. We're not fighting with others. We're letting the peace of God rule our hearts. We're keeping our eyes, our thoughts, our minds upon the Lord. In Colossians chapter 2, the previous chapter from where we are in chapter 3, in Colossians chapter 2, he says this in verse 7, Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. God is not content. However thankful you are, you're not thankful enough. (laughs) Wherever I am in my thankfulness, I need more of it. I need to abound in thanksgiving. He said, and you know it, look at Philippians chapter 4, you know these verses. But I want you to see how the peace of God is connected with thankfulness. And the reason that we cannot be as thankful as we ought is because the peace of God is not ruling in our hearts like it should. Just just watch it right here in Philippians 4. Philippians 4, verse number 6. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the what? The what? The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Again, the peace and the thankfulness is connected. In other words, if I'm full of care over everything, if if I'm worried about health and if I'm worried about politics and if I'm worried about everything in life and I'm full of care and I don't have the peace of God in my heart, I'm not going to be a thankful person. I'm going to be a complaining person. I'm going to be negative about everything instead of thanking the Lord that he has been better to me than I really deserve. But when I've got the peace of God in my heart, then I can pray not just saying, oh God, would you please do this and bail this, bail me out here and, and why is this so bad here? And please, and If I have the peace of God ruling in my heart, then I come to him with thanksgiving and ask him. And the peace of God that passeth all understanding keeps my heart. You see how thanksgiving and they're together. In other words, I don't think I can have very good thankfulness without peace. And I don't think I can have very good peace without thankfulness. You understand? It's like they're, they're connected. So, so maybe if there's something lacking on the peace end, maybe we need to look on the thankfulness end. And maybe if there's something lacking in the thankfulness end, maybe we need to look on the peace end and get the two together. Because they are together. He says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And he says, go, go back to our text. I think there's something else right here. Let the peace of God, I'm in Colossians 3, verse 15. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you're called in one body. Now, what's that doing in there? Hold your finger right there. There's a cross-reference to that. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And it's amazing about family problems, about marital issues. But just hold your finger there. Colossians chapter 3 in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Right in this passage about people 
getting divorced and all this stuff is this little verse here in 1 Corinthians 7. Look at it. 1 Corinthians 7, 15. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases. But God hath called us to what? Now, I'm not going to get into the nuts and bolts of this text. But what I'm trying to show you from the Bible, God's calling on all of our lives is to peace. He does not want us to be at war on the inside. He's called us. That's what he said in our verse. He says, to the which you're also called. You're called to this peace that's ruling in your hearts. Christian people that are following Jesus Christ ought to be the most peaceful, joyful, happy, at ease people in all the world. They ought not be the people on edge. The world's full of that. But the Bible says, if the peace of God's ruling in my heart, God's called me to that. You ever heard anybody say, I've been called to preach? I've heard some people say that, that I doubted it. I've heard other people say they didn't know if they were called or not, and I was convinced they were. You know, a calling on your life is something you can't get away from. If if you're saved by the grace of God in this building, God has called you to peace. You have a calling on your life. You may never be a missionary. You may never be a preacher. You may never be anybody great or have your name in lights or do all these great. But God's got a calling on your life and he wants the peace of God to rule in your heart from this day to the day you, you leave this world, however that'll be. That's God's calling. Our verse also says, look at it, 3.15 again. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in, what does he say? Now, why does he bring that up? You know what, Brother Paul? I think we have a hard time being at peace and being thankful if we don't stay together. I think one of the things that the body of Jesus Christ does, the church which is His body, it helps us with our thankfulness. Now, I don't know what you're going to do this week. Maybe Thursday you will have the greatest Holy Ghost-filled, thankful time that's ever been known in your house. But for most people, the closest times they get in thanking God and the touch of God is when they get together with the body. I hope you have good spiritual times at your house, but I'm telling you, when the body gets together, there's just something that God does in the midst of His people when they get together. And I know a lot of people, listen, I know a lot of people that don't have peace because they won't stay together with the body. I know know a lot of people too that have quit being thankful about everything because they've got away from the body and now they're critical about everything in the world because they got away from the body and they lost that spirit of thankfulness. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which you're called in one body. Now look at the last phrase of the verse 15. And be ye thankful. Do you see that? 
Now, that's different from verse 17. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father. You see the difference? It's one thing to be thankful. It's another thing to give thanks. Now, now watch this. I think sometimes we give thanks, but we're not thankful. It's not who we are. So he says, let the peace of God ruin your heart. And then he says, but I want you to be something. I want your life to be something. And what I want it to be, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be thankful. Boy, you don't don't hear anybody say that or get taught that. What do you want to be? I want to be thankful. That's what God wants you to be. That's what kind of person he wants you to be. Just a thankful person. Now, I think if you are are a thankful person, you will give thanks. But But sometimes I think we get the thing switched. Guys... We ought to, but any of us can stand up and say, I want to thank God for my Bible, and I want to thank God for saving me. We can say, and we ought to say that. But we can give thanks, whether it's on Thursday or whether it's on Sunday, and live our lives day to day as not a very thankful person. That's not who we are. We say those things, but am I those things? God's just not wanting you to go through the rote memory of giving thanks. He wants you to be thankful. You see the difference? Be ye thankful. Are you a thankful person? That's why it's so difficult for some people at Thanksgiving. I mean, it's awkward. Because they're not a thankful person. You know, any... If we gather around the table or in a service or in a Sunday school class, if we went around the room and said, all right, if we did it tonight, we said, all right, let's, 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 let's give thanks. In other words, you give thanks for, for something. Everybody ought to, ought to have something they give thanks for. But if you're thankful, if that's what kind of person you are, it's going to come real easy. And if you're not, you're going, well, what did he say? <laughs> Let's see if I can think of something. (laughs) You're trying to work up the giving of thanks. Instead of let it just come right out of your heart. I've been on the mission field with my grandpa when he's 80 years old. And he'd bow his head. We, We didn't. I remember we were in Mexico one time. We didn't have anything to eat except cold cereal. And there was no milk. And he didn't care if he poured prune juice or water on it. And he was just smiling and just. You know why? Because it didn't matter. He was thankful. That's what kind of person he was. It was on the inside. And, And with some people, amen, with some people, you have got to pull teeth to get them even to thank God for the meal they're in front of. I wonder how many meals this Thursday, all decked out with all the trimmings, will American people not even thank God for any of it? But the ones that do, I wonder how many of them have to work it up because it really is not in there anyway. 
because I bought this and I went to the store for this and I worked hard on it. God says, I don't want you to, I want you to give thanks. You need to give thanks. But you need to be thankful. That's what kind of person you need to be. You know how it would revolutionize Christianity if God's people just became thankful people. Thankful people don't fight and fuss and pick and get mad. Thankful people usually are people right with God. You know, when you're thankful, even if you're, if you're crossways in some things, I think God appreciates you. <laughs> even if you are messed up in some things, if you've got a thankful heart, I believe God's more appreciative of a thankful heart of a Christian that's all messed up than he is a Christian that looks everything right and he's not thankful. Because he says, if you enter into my gates, you've got to enter it with. You don't enter cleaned up, perfect. That's not what he said. He didn't say, I'm going to check your hair length when you come into my presence. I'm going to check your Thanksgiving length. Right? So, are we thankful people? Be ye thankful. I'll tell you something will help with that. The next verse in our text. He not only says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, and then he says, be ye thankful. But he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. What a contrast. He said, let the peace of God rule. He said, let the word of Christ dwell Let God's peace run your life, run your emotions, run your brain. But let the word of Christ dwell in you. Let it abide in you. Let it live in your heart. Let the peace rule and the word dwell. And you know what you'll start doing? You'll start singing. Look at at it. Let the word of Christ dwell. Dwell in you richly, teaching us, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Notice, he didn't even say just sing. He said sing with grace. Grace in your hearts. You know what I think? I think singing is connected with thankfulness. You know, when people get thankful and, and happy, they sing. You know what I notice? I can always tell, like the temperature of church, when people are dead and they don't want to sing, I know they're not very thankful. They're not very thankful to be here. It's like, okay, get to the song. Preaching's next. But man, when we have had some services in here, amen, when we were singing... We have had some services in other places where we get to singing. And I mean the tears are rolling and we're just full of joy. And and the roof's getting raised and we're singing louder and louder. Because the more thankful we are and the more at peace with God we are, the more songs come out of our hearts, the more the Bible takes root in us. The song comes out. That's why some of the best songs we've sung together is after, after a church service and communion, and then we have a song service. Yeah. 
Because before the word of Christ, we're all just trying to sing. But after the word of Christ, the song comes clearer and more natural. Because the word of Christ is teaching us something. It's teaching us how to sing praise and thanks to God. And it's teaching us how to worship Him. And and, and it's giving us the wisdom in our hearts to know how blessed we are to be together and what, what a joy it is to be able to sing. And we're learning something from God and then we're singing something back to Him from our heart. You see, he says, singing with grace in your hearts. Guys, God just doesn't want us to sing. He wants us to sing with our heart. He doesn't want us to just give thanks. He wants us to be thankful. And the Word of God can produce that. It can produce that. But we need to let the Word of Christ. We need to quit kicking against the peace, and we need to kick quit kicking against the word and if we'll let the peace of God and let the word of God isn't it a great thing when you come to church and you just say Lord just say whatever you want to say to me (laughs) do whatever you want to do in my heart and mind you know what it'll do for you it'll give you a song it'll give you a song in the shower in the morning it'll give you a song going to work It'll give you a song in the quiet times. It'll make a thankful Christian out of you. Well, we're not finished. We're almost finished. He said in verse 15, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which ye, which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teaching and admo- in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. He also tells us in chapter 4 and verse number 6, let our speech be always with grace. We need to have grace in our lips and grace in our hearts. He says in Ephesians chapter 5, he almost says the exact same words that we just read. In Ephesians 5 and verse 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, he's connecting our song with our thanks and our peace with our thanks. But in chapter 3 and verse number 17, He starts connecting our doing with our thanking. You see verse 17? And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. I see peace being connected with thanks. I see the word of God being connected with thanks. I see singing is connected with thanks. But then I see in the Bible, the things that I do, as I do them, they need to be connected with thanks. You say, what does that mean? This is what it means. If If you can't thank God over it, you better not do it. 
I just don't believe there's anybody say, Lord, thank you for this cigarette I'm about to puff on. I, I, I don't see how that works. Lord, thank you, thank you for this, for this woman that I'm not married with that I get to hold on to and dance with. I, <laughs> bless this Lord. Lord, Lord, thank you that I can watch this movie as they curse your name about 25 times. You see how our thanking needs to be connected with our doing? He says, whatever you do, it don't matter what you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks unto God and the Father. If you can't thank Him for it, don't do it. If you can't thank Him for it, don't listen to it. If you can't thank Him for it, don't be involved in it. Our thankfulness should be connected with whatsoever we do. He tells us in verse 23 of this same chapter, He says, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not in the midst. Everything we're doing, our whole life is supposed to be about Jesus. If you're digging a ditch, dig it for the glory of God. So he said, whatever you do, do it heartily and do it with thanks. Lord, thank you that I can dig this ditch. (laughs) You know, that'll help you dig that ditch. Thank you, Lord, you gave me the muscles and the brain and the shovel. Whatever you're doing, thank you. Thank you while you're doing it. And if if you can't put the Lord involved in what you're doing, then you need to quit doing it. That's what he's saying, be ye thankful. See, it's not just a trip to church and it's not just a holiday. It's supposed to be our lives. And everything we're doing, we're doing it with thankfulness. You know, some of you got jobs that I probably would not want to have. I get bored real easy. And some of you have jobs and the stuff you have to do over and over a thousand times I, I would probably need the help of the Holy Ghost to stay thankful yeah if you're just watching a screen and pushing a button or monitoring levels or but you know what God says as you're doing that thank God thank God you got a job Thank God you're getting a paycheck. Thank God somebody wants to hire you. Thank God, amen, you got a brain and you're not committed to some institution somewhere where you can't even function on your own. Whatever you're doing, give thanks. I'm telling you what, church, our United States of America is in such a garbage hole because nobody's thankful for anything. They're not thankful for their parents. They're not thankful for their freedom. They're not thankful for their job. They're not thankful for their health. It's just murmur, complain, gripe, riot. This is wrong. This is unjust. And there's no thankfulness. We have to sit in, in little two and third, second and third grade classes And hear the story of some pilgrims with funny hats teach us how to be thankful. 
Guys, we ought not, not to have to hear the story about planting corn under fish. I don't have to do that. I've got an oven. You understand? We get our kids together and say, all right, here, here's the Thanksgiving story. We ought to have kids say, Thanksgiving story? Man, I've got, I've got the greatest life in the world. I don't even have to raise my food. Most of them don't even know where it comes from. They just come home from school and sit down and get to eat. And we got to go back and look at these pilgrims and look at these Indians and look, look how they were thankful and look how they survived. And God's, we're not just trying to survive. But we have a problem with thankfulness. Because we don't do everything giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Everything you have is because of Jesus. Everything you'll ever have is because of Jesus. And I'm finishing by that last little phrase. He talks about letting. He talks about being. He talks about singing. He talks about doing. But look at the end of verse 17 again. Giving. You see that word? Giving thanks. There is no coincidence that the word thanksgiving has the word giving in it. Something given is not forced. Something given is a gift. Right? I wonder, are we giving the gift back? Father, I'm giving you my thanks. Nobody made me do it. I don't have to do it. I'm not manipulated into doing it. I'm not forced to do it from my heart. And this is the truth about thanks. It has to be freely given from your heart. It cannot be forced. It cannot be made. You can't even, you cannot make your children thankful. They've got to the po- come to the point where they will freely give that. So, we give the Lord our money. We should. We give the Lord our time. We should. We give the Lord our service, and we should. But we need to give our Lord thanks. You can't do it enough. The, on, the greatest holiday you could ever have, I believe, is coming to the realization of how thankful we all really should be to our God. Because that will make a difference in my life 365 days a year. Be 